Did you have a Father's Day? Uh, without children, yes. That's right. Where, where are Michigan. they? Are they in Michigan? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, my Father's Day was I got to watch F1, Formula One. I got to watch just some. I got to start watching uh, Jeremy Clarkson's uh, farm show now. What? And I saw Amazon. something about that. Is that is that real? It, it's it it is, and it's great. Actually, you should watch huh. it. It's it's, oh. you know, I mean, you, have you you watch Top Gear, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, you, not religiously, you know, but but you know him, and you know right. how funny he is, and, and everything else, and and so you know he's basically taking to farming with like no real experience, and you know mayhem is to ensue mm-hmm. and it does and it's pretty it's it's actually pretty damn good all right cool i could um, probably use some of that oh yeah yeah it's it's uh it's both kind of like it, it it's funny and it also just kind of yeah it's good sweet no. and then uh two of last year's formula one drivers who lost their rides at the end of last year one of them you know, had ended his career in Formula One in kind of a fiery crash. He um, healed from his wounds and is now driving in IndyCar. Hmm. And then his old teammate is was just hired to drive another IndyCar. So I I wanted to tune in. I, you know, it's funny is they're both open wheel racers, but yeah. you look you look at Formula One, and there there's these beautifully sculpted you know, cars. I mean, they're just, I mean, the car itself is just a gorgeous work of art in, in my mind, you know, as a car nut to me, they're a gorgeous, yeah, a gorgeous piece of work. Are they all electric now or not? No, they're, they're hybrids. Okay. In fact, they're actually V6 hybrids that go 218 miles an hour. Crazy. Yeah. And then you have IndyCar who are open wheel racers open cockpit with a windshield and if you could make a car any uglier <laughs> i don't know how you can do it but they did it oh man and i look at it and i'm just like it it is like visually unpleasant to watch this race because <laughs> my aesthetics is injured by watching this however i want to watch this guy that i you know rooted for in Formula One, you know, I, I would love to see him do well in IndyCar. You know, he's been holding his own. He's like, you know, been finishing within, he, like he finished at Indy number two. And then the past couple of races, he's like finishing within like the top 10. I mean, he finished fifth yesterday. I mean, these are all respectable finishes for a rookie. And, and you know, and it's great to watch, but I, it literally is like kind of cringy. It's hideous to watch these cars drive around. I mean, it's almost as if I'm watching like open wheel NASCAR, which I absolutely hate NASCAR because, yeah. you know, if 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 you basically are driving in a painted up version of what I drive around every day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, like, yeah. Except for except for I'm able to turn left and right. Yeah. Whereas they can only turn left. Have you seen the uh, the. What is it? I think it's a Netflix original, but the F one. Oh, maybe yeah, it's yeah. Red Bull. Uh, that's a re- that's no. a good 
That was a good show. Yeah, it's it's a Formula One Drive to Survive. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, and I've, I I watch it all the time. Yeah, you know, right. and in fact, I've even watched the first series twice because just because. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> you know, I'm I'm one of these dumb people who actually really really like Formula. In fact, Rochelle's just like. There's only there's been really one constant in your life other than me, and mm-hmm. it is you watching Formula One. Oh wow! I used to tape it and all that other stuff. What's that? Remember when Uncle you taped Cormac. things? <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you taped things? Yeah. Uh, Remember when you taped over things that you wanted to keep? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the best kind of racing is not Formula One. It's actually WRC world rally championship yeah i i i do love the rallies i like old school rally though when you'd have the uh you know, people, people standing over. like literally yeah. right on the edge of the track oh yeah dude and the element of danger for the crowd yeah, is just say, incredible i say the if it would say that what's more exciting is not is is whether or not francois is going to move out of the damn way <laughs> or get hit in the face with a bumper <laughs> then there's always some cameraman who like especially in the old days when the cameras were just enormous right and they're on these giant tripods and there's this car just hurtling cartwheels toward them (laughs) yeah and you're like you're basically sitting there it's just like here comes my death oh my god so good yeah so good (laughs) i'd like to take this time to say goodbye to my wife and family because as you can see i'm about to die (laughs) yep just anonymous yeah. anonymous ca- camera operator killed by world rally racer yeah and then i've you know been kind of interested in this uh what the hell is it called um it's it's kind of it's basically the electric version of the dakar rally you know like these mm-hmm. like long distance rallies oh i stuff. didn't know they had an electric version of that yeah so um i kind of so i've been following Jensen Button, who is a Formula, you know, an, an old Formula One champion who Veteran. retired. Yeah. And, you know, he's kind of been helping work with, you know, resurrecting this old, you know, car company. And, and they're, you know, these these guys are building these called these cars called the Radford. Mm. And, you know, so I've been kind of like following him on that. And then I noticed that he started posting all of this stuff about this. He like bought a team to compete in this, you know, like world you know, cross rally stuff. Um, I don't want to call it like extreme X or something like that, but um, basically it, and then it's it, but the vehicles are all electric and I think it's pretty cool. I mean, they just uh, did one in the, the Saudi desert, which up until a while ago, nobody would be able to do because they, you know, didn't have that kind of tourism or, motorsport or anything like that but since they're trying to reshape themselves and, and have open up uh saudi arabia to tourism uh it, it sounds it, it actually looks pretty interesting sounds cool <laughs> i'd be into that look up jensen button it's right. his uh he is one of the team owners that uh, do this i will oh dude so uh you went on a hike recently I think I think uh, in one of the previous episodes you you said like the AT and then the Appalachian Trail, but like you actually went and hiked some of it, a lot of it, not a lot of it, but well, I don't know, I don't know what yeah, a lot of it is. It's a really long trail. <laughs> uh, it, it isn't a lot of it because 
It's a small piece of it, but it was a big hike. How about that? Yeah, I, I only ended up doing... So we had started off by saying that we were going to do, you know, essentially nine miles, which when we actually got on the trail, it ended up being 13 miles. And I discovered... How's that happen? Eh. <laughs> Wrong turns or not good at no. mapping or like how did... <laughs> <laughs> no, so so what we had what we had initially ended up, you know, intending to do is basically parking at least one person parking at the end of a trail uh or a portion of the trail and then basically somebody picking them up and going to another you know, like the start point of where we wanted to start to hike and then just hike that, which I think we would have been good with doing that, but then as we were getting closer to the planning and everything else, it was like, well, you know, we could park here and we could hike in, you know, go to where we were going to start and then turn around and hike back. Yeah. So the difference well, there, like the first one is what we call in the mountain biking world, a shuttle, right? Yeah. Two cars takes longer yep. because you got to drive back to the start yeah. and all that stuff. The second one is out and back, right? Yeah. So that's what you're talking about. You're going to go out and back. To some yeah, to some so, predetermined distance and then come back to where you started. Yes. Yes. So the the first one where the the shuttle version, we were going to basically start at the the high point of where we were and then kind of just work pound, our way down. pound your knees down. Like when when you said start at the high point, I I'm, I immediately think, Oh my knees. <laughs> well, Yes. So how it, so then we decided, oh no, there's this, uh, parking lot at the low point and you'll, you'll appreciate this. And we just talked about it in one of our previous episodes, the, you know, Harper's Ferry. And so we'll get to that, your trip and all that other stuff in a second. But so as the Appalachian Trail, you know, descends from where we were at for where we were going to start at the shuttle, it descends down and then it goes down, you know, a bunch of switchbacks. And then it hits the CNO canal, the Chesapeake and Ohio um, canal, which is just this long canal system, very much like the Erie Canal, where it connects Cumberland, Maryland, all the way down to Georgetown in Washington, D.C. For the purpose so, of like moving goods and stuff, right? For the purpose of moving goods, because it, it, it parallels the Potomac River. But the Potomac River is too unstable. You know, there's there's a lot of places where you, know, you really can't get a, you know, shipping through that area. Mm -hmm. Not through it, but, you know, it's just rapids and rocks and all that other stuff. So okay. they build the canal next to it, which is fantastic. But then you, need, you have that, that little small flat and then you go into Harper's Ferry. And then that's kind of the center point. And then the center point of the Appalachian Trail kind of between its starting point in Maine to its endpoint in Georgia. That's kind of the midpoint. And so, you know, as I said, we were going to start from the, the upper point and then kind of like, you know, descend down. And they decided, well, you know, if we park here, we can ascend and then turn around and, and descend. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, I guess that's okay. You know, I mean, I've been hiking. How bad these. could it be? That's what you say. How, how bad could it be? How bad could so, it be? So you said the the downhill, you, you're thinking, oh, my knees. Right. Well, Cormac was thinking on the uphill, 
oh damn my lungs <laughs> yeah it's because okay i'm not as fit as i should be let's just throw that out there i mean i've been hiking like what seems to be pretty religiously at least you know three times a week since january it's like your only and, outlet yeah this is what you go is to. totally my only outlet you know it is because i can socially distance from people because the trails that I go on are 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 very very sparse with people. I mean, there, there's there's n- rarely anybody I run into, and especially now that I've decided that I'm going to like hike either in the really early morning or late in the evening, just before sundown. I basically, you know, I've I've got the the trail to myself, and and so you know, but I mean. It's not a very long trail, but it has a lot of like inclines and declines and it's rocky trail and flat trail. I mean, you, you hiked it with me, Mm -hmm. you know, the little trail, it's, it's, it's not a very long trail, but it's, you know, a good comfortable one. And when I want to get distance, I'll actually like hike that a couple of times, you know, like do a couple of loops. Like Mm -hmm. I did last night, I, I ended up doing three loops around, you know, to try to like total up to, you know, it's just about six miles. But, you know, again, it's not, you know, it's it's not terribly challenging. It's just a, you know, I, I, I kind of consider it just a, a good, moderate, just kind of like keep yourself moving kind of trail. Yeah, it's the go-to. There you go. Yeah. Yep. And so we, so we hike this, and I'm hiking with a dude who boxes and runs and all this other stuff for his fitness program. And then I have the other guy who is a long distance cyclist and he's like, Oh, well, you know, I mean, so we, we met up at this, the parking lot waiting for the, the one guy who was always perpetually late, figured he was going to be late. So we're sitting there, we're chatting and waiting for him. And the, you know, the, the cyclist, he's like, yeah, you know, I knew that we were going to be hiking today. So I just did um, a light 72 miles yesterday. I only rode 72 miles so that I could be so that I could be fresh for today (laughs) is exactly what he meant. Did you stab him with your eyes at that point? Like, (laughs) Uh, yeah. And I, you know, gave him the, you know, the, you know, single figure salutes and, and Uh all Uh (laughs) like, really? So I knew I was in for it because he's just like, well, you know, I like I'm coming in third. (laughs) Oh yeah, I was, de- I definitely came in third, but so one, I knew that, you know, I, I kind of like pre-warned them. I'm like, look, my pace is usually around like, you know, 2.4 to 2.8 at best miles per hour, you know, on, on train. And, you know, the, all on that, the train that, that you're used to hiking, right? On, on the terrain. Well, actually, you know, I, I usually average about 3.2 on that, but you know, on some more slightly difficult ones, I, it obviously tapers down. And so, you know, he's just like, oh, that's okay. You know, I, I, I'm only, you know, I only average about like, you know, 2.8 or something. I'm like, all right, well then, you know, maybe we're on average. Of course, you know, we're not because you just rode 72 miles as a light workout. A warm up. Massive air quotes there. (laughs) And so first we, first we have to do this quick, quick ascent, which is a lot of switchbacks, very steep. It goes to this overlook that overlooks Harper's Ferry. And so it is, it's basically, let's just say if we were starting at zero, it was a 700 foot, you know, ascent like that. 
<laughs> and of course they're good to go because they're fresh and so they're like clipping up pretty quickly and i'm you know trying to stay you know step for step with them and i'm doing a pretty decent job until my heart's just like dude seriously this is what we're doing this early in the morning it's six o'clock you stop drinking coffee and you're going with this it's like a sprint and you're like what uh, the yeah they're like what the hell <laughs> and so you know body does we not got, capitulate body was like mm, yeah and then i found out one thing that um as much as i love my ultras because they're so light and thin you know which is great for again my little trail mm-hmm. but that trail is all rock like the whole damn way it's all rock right and i'm feeling it like poking through my shoes the whole damn time it didn't really hurt or anything it's just you know you could just feel it oh it just wears you out yeah it just wears you out right and so to be quite honest with you i was actually perfectly fine almost step for step with them for the first nine miles which you know which i was actually impressed with until well because your your manlyhood was was (laughs) (laughs) was in question (laughs) yeah well you know i mean that could be you know that could be that as well yeah and so then they then we you know decided all right you know it's it's kind of like you know it's time to turn back uh, because also I needed to get home to take my daughter to a soccer game. And I'm realizing that if we don't turn back, I might not make it because it was a, an hour drive from my house to get to where we were. And I have to do an hour back, but I still got to get out of this damn place. Yeah. Yeah. We so nine miles, nine miles away from my car or well, you know, we weren't nine miles away, but you know, we were however many miles away from my car. And now we're on like, you know, the big descents. So pa- I think we have to pause right here and say, like, this this conversation is never going to get to architecture. <laughs> <laughs> it probably <laughs> And won't. the reason why is because we both had a hell of a week. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And this is way better to talk about. We are not going to talk about architecture. <laughs> there you go. Big, big right. disclaimer. There. Please continue. <laughs> so then I discovered the existence of a part of my anatomy that I, I honestly never really actually knew existed. And... What's funny enough is that, you know, I was really good in anatomy and I like to, you know, you, you know me, I love to draw and, and I used to love to draw like the skeletal system and the muscular system and all of this other stuff. But apparently there was the existence of this one thing that I just didn't really know about until it decided to rear its ugly head really quickly after that nine mile mark. Like I, I'm very aware almost of the instantaneously. Thing. I'm very aware of the thing you were about to speak of. The IT band. The IT band. I'm like, what the what? Yep. And and I'm just like, you know, we start walking and my hips are starting to hurt. And there's like this shooting pain from like, you know, my upper hip down to like my knees. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? I mean, I, I didn't like tweak anything. I didn't slip or anything like that. What's going on? And so, you know, I'm talking to them like, oh, yeah, man, your, your IT band is, is uh, you I'm know, ready starting to, snap. to like, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is an IT band? I was like. Is it a bunch of like nerds that, you know, are singing to it with their computers and stuff? No, it is extreme pain in your, in your, your thighs, in your hips. And what makes it worse after I did a lot of research and reading, um, after the fact Mm -hmm. is downhills 
make it much worse. Mm-hmm. Yep. And strides so, different, using different muscles. Yep. Different tendons. Fast, fast forward. We did the equivalent of 700 flights of stairs. Mm. And of course, you know, I might, you know, like my, my hike is the equivalent of 28 flights of stairs. I, according to the Apple health app. So just a couple more. What's a so couple just more? A, just a few more. So like, <laughs> I'm used to my, you know, nice little 28, you know, flights of stairs, kind of like nice little leisurely walk in comparison to this thing. 700. Mm. And my hips are burning and i'm and they're and, but at the same time also, you're you're like no one is gonna come get me no <laughs> no one they're not gonna they they can't carry me to out. me that's that's like the the real instinct kicks in and <laughs> exactly. and because i have a oh, yeah. i have a similar story to this right and it's like i need to get myself out of here because if oh, i yeah. don't yeah get myself out of here right now no one's coming to get me for a very long time. Like they actually yes. might come tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Tomorrow. And, and so of course, you know, like, and then for some reason, every time I would like, you know, like step, do steps, my, my legs started to cramp up. Like, you know, the, the seizing cramps, not just the, you know, oh, I got a little cramp in my, my calf kind of thing. No, no, no. Like seizing up where you're literally watching your muscles contract and like depress in. And you're looking at your legs like, what the hell's going on here? Not in control of the muscles. Not yeah. in control of the muscles at all. And I'm like, all right, so I'm starting to reject this whole, like nine miles is my limit apparently, or at least now, it, currently it's mm-hmm. it's my limit. Yeah. Um, because we didn't stop. I mean, we were like nonstop the whole time. And, you know, yeah, I had water, but, you know. No refueling <laughs> otherwise. Huh. No real refueling. And so. That's a good good um, lesson to learn right there. A very good lesson. And so one other thing that we had noticed is as we're on the downhill, they're they're asking me, they're like, hey, man, are your hands like swelling up? Because they're like walking with their hands up over their heads. I'm like. Are you doing like the YMCA? What's going on here? Like, why are you guys, you know, hiking with your hands over your head? And apparently their hands started to puff up. And I'm looking at my hands and my hands are fine. And then at the two miles remaining mark, I look down and we're all like, you know, going downhill. And of course, you know, it's it's rocky terrain, downhill, you know, kind of like quick descent from like higher elevations. I can't remember the exact elevation we hit, but you know, it was kind of like a, a, what felt like a quick ascent sort of, except for, you know, the fact that I'm in searing pain because my hips are refusing to move properly. Mm-hmm. And then of course they're giving me, it's like, Oh, you can stretch like this. And I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> you know, not right now. I can't. I can't. They're like, you know, you know, just, Put one leg on top of the other leg and I then just kind of like bank down. It's just like, I can't even lift. I can barely lift my leg a half an inch off the ground. I just so, can't. And you're telling me I that. I just I'm, can't even. Yeah. Yeah. And and so then I looked down at, you know, my right hand and my right hand looked fine. I looked down at my left hand and I've got Hulk hand. <laughs> my, my, hand my hand is so swelled up. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And then I start getting lightheaded. Oh my gosh. And then I start feeling like I'm freaking drunk. Yeah, your body's just like, we're done. 
it literally, I'm just like, so like the whole time, like on the land and the, the, the steepest part of the descent to the car, I am lightheaded. I'm dazed. I'm not confused yet. Uh-huh. Other than the fact that the only thing that I was confused about was what the hell is my body doing to me right now? Right. Or my body was saying that to me, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so when we finally, you know, finally got down to the bottom, I look at the time. And I'm like, oh, crap. You know, I've got an hour and a half before I've got to get started Magdalena's game. So, you know, like I drove all the way down to to the house, basically calling her up, say, hey, get ready. You know, we're going to just, you know, jump in the car and I'll get you to your game. And we literally got there just at the same time as like the coach showed up. So thankfully we made it on time. But because of, you know, thankfully the soccer field that they were playing on was right next to, I mean, like right next to the parking lot. And I sat there, I told her, I'm like, I'm watching from the car. Yeah. I'm not moving. I can't move. I'm watching from the car and I basically sat in the car with the heated seats on and, you know, and it was 90 degrees outside and I still had the heated seats on so that I could like just relax my muscles. <laughs> so I was, like, you know, was it fun in retrospect or not? Yes, it was actually a blast to be quite honest. With Interesting. You. Yeah, because, you know, this is the definition of type two fun. Yeah. Type two fun is miserable when it's happening. <laughs> it, it was it was miserable. But you know what? It was it was great because honestly, you learned a like, lot about yourself <laughs> when I when I went to when I went to my well, I learned a lot. You know, I learned about my limits at the time, and then of course they were just like, "Watch, you're you're going to come out, you're going to come back out here and train, and then the next time we come out to uh, to hike with you, you're going to kick our butt." I'm yeah. Like, yeah, that's probably what I'm going to do. Actually, um, I maybe. Think, I, think I mean, the hardest. Yeah, the hardest thing about this is that it's hard to enjoy it when it's happening, when it's a total suffer fest, right? It's like, this this is terrible. I can't wait for it to be over. (laughs) Well, so then, you know, I listened to you and you were talking about, you know, the game changer of the trekking poles and stuff. And so after the fact, I got some trekking poles. I think you ordered them before you went, but they weren't there in time. So so you, you missed out on that. Yeah. They literally came two days later and I was just like, sure, mm-hmm. thanks. And, you know, so I've been using them to to try to get used to them. I mean, I, I actually, honestly, they've like, I don't know if this is exactly what they're supposed to do. And maybe you can tell me differently, but my actual, so like the hike that you and I had done when you and, you know, did my little hike. Mm-hmm. Since I've been using the trekking poles just to more or less get used to them, I kind of feel a little ridiculous using them. I don't know why, but um, but it's just I've, your baggage, lot, man. It's just your previous yeah, baggage. It, it's my baggage. Yeah, it's just, I don't need no crutch. Right. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I. <laughs> after that hike, I needed multiple crutches, I need a, a chair. walker, yeah, a chair, whatever. Right. Motors but, need electric honest, motors. Honestly, they're they're awesome. Yeah. And. I'm actually quicker on my, so like, uh, the other day I, you know, like I said, I was averaging like, you know, between like 2.4 and, and 2.8 on, you know, some of these, I, you know, checked the health app and it said I was doing a 3.6. Wow. I'm like that, you know, I mean, yes, I will, I will thank the, the mountain that kicked my butt. Yeah. Um, right. For like, I mean, I think that my, you know, lungs are a lot better now and, 
my muscles are a little bit stronger, you know, and so, you know, whatever the pain was then, there was some payoff. But well, this, this was definitely type two fun because you, yeah. it sounds to me like you, you're willing to go do it again. Cause like type, oh, yeah. type one fun is like margaritas, right? Yes. T- type, type <laughs> yeah. two fun is, is it, it was pretty miserable when it was happening or maybe right afterward, but overall, like, like it was a, you felt like it was a decent experience and you, and you're willing to go do it again. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, type, absolutely. type three is like, it's just never fun. That wasn't fun when you're doing it. It wasn't fun afterward. You're never going to go do it again. What the hell was I doing? Right. <laughs> no, no, so no, this was, this is pretty is firmly in the type two category. Although I will say that. So my wife's been joining me on some of my detox from the day kind of hikes mm-hmm. is what I sort of call them. <laughs> totally. And daily medicine. Yeah, exactly. And um, we have discovered that on the way back, there is a bar in Potomac, Maryland. Because, yeah, that you have has, to celebrate the, the, the wins. Exactly. Yeah. So, so there, is a, there is a type 2 fun that is punctuated by a type 1 fun, which <laughs> is the margarita. Which is a great combo. Yeah. Exactly. That's so funny. And so, you know. They've got great steak tacos and margaritas. Perfect. That's a reward. Yeah, you got a reward. Yeah, totally. This episode of the ArcaSpeak podcast is supported by Twinmotion. What if you could visualize your building in a couple of clicks, remove months from the design process, or create a bridge between stakeholders to solve problems before they even come up? Well, our friends at Twinmotion offer simple, real-time visualization for architects, Their state-of-the-art technology lets you view and edit your scene on the go in the same pixel-perfect quality as the final rendering. Twinmotion seamlessly integrates with other tools like SketchUp and Revit, transforming your BIM or CAD models into high-quality images, panoramas, standard or 360-degree VR videos, or presentations. It's no wonder it's used by industry leaders like Zaha Hadid Architects and HOK. What's more, you'll have access to Quixel Megascans, the world's largest library of 3D assets to populate your scene. They're absolutely incredible. Sound complicated? Well, what if I told you that Twinmotion enables anyone to present their biggest ideas in the easiest way possible, regardless of previous CG experience? Or that it uses drag-and-drop assets and the power of Unreal Engine to truly differentiate your projects? To learn more... Visit twinmotion.com, or you can download a free trial today and visit our exclusive URL, which is twinmotion.link slash Arcaspeak. That's T-W-I-N-M-O-T-I-O-N dot L-I-N-K, not dot com, people, dot L-I-N-K slash Arcaspeak. That's twinmotion.link slash Arcaspeak to try Twinmotion for free. And now back to our conversation. I, I had a, a similar experience a few years ago. I mean, it was probably 2016 now. I don't know, something like that. But a friend of mine and I went and did with a group of of other kind of adventurers this um, slot canyons in in Zion National Park. Mm. And for this particular day, it was called Birch Hollow, the canyon that we did. And we drove, you drive way up to the East Rim, like 45 minutes to an hour up on this, um, you know, up the highway, then onto a dirt road. And then you go back and you park your car and you just start walking down a ravine. And then pretty soon it turns into slot canyons because all of these canyons basically lead into the narrows of Zion National Park. 
and you go through these amazingly beautiful slot canyons that you've got to rappel down. You got to have special gear. You got to know what you're doing. You got to know how to rappel and um, mm. all this stuff. But but you get to see things that hardly anybody gets to ever see in Zion National Park, if anywhere else, right? And so you're going down these super narrow, multiple hundred foot tall, you know, two or three hundred feet tall. The some of these um, slot canyons, and they're they they look just like how you picture when you hear the word slot canyon i mean it is like they can be as narrow as a foot across typically they're a little they're wider obviously you can get through them and uh but they 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 kind of snake their way up and you can sometimes see a little bit of daylight and sometimes you can't right because you know these are carved by water and so you're going down these amazing things and that and and you know like like you this was this particular one was 14 miles long total for the whole day, one way, you never turn around and go back up mm. the slot canyons. You just go down slot canyons. And uh, you end up in the Narrows, which is, you know, a multi-mile hike in the water. And it's all wet, slick rocks that you're, you know, oh, some geez. of them are, you know, they call them baby heads. They're, they're tiny. They're, they're like the size of a wine glass or maybe a little bit bigger. And they're slick and they're loose. And so you your ankles and your feet get a crazy workout, you know, the whole day Mm. because you're just walking through that. And this is after you've done the slot canyons, you've done all the rappelling, you've jumped off the waterfalls to get down to the next level and you're wearing a wetsuit and it's 120 degrees outside, but the water's 40 degrees. And so you've got to wear a wetsuit because you're going to freeze in the water and then you kind of swim through a pool and you just keep hiking. And it's, it's amazing. Like it's incredible. Uh, And, and you get to the point like I got to the point where my feet had, my toes had been hitting the ends of my boots for over 10 miles because I just had the wrong pair of boots that day. And it's like, okay, I know I'm losing these toenails, right? And my knees are killing me. They're just dead. And my ankles are killing me and et cetera. Like many people lost lots of toenails that day and no, like nobody got hurt, but it was very much like this, this, this is a suffer fest, as I said earlier. <laughs> yeah. And you get to the point where you're just like, I've had eight Advil or ibuprofen or whatever, and it's like, it's not getting any better, right? I mean, I know that that's terrible for your stomach lining. I know it's terrible for lots of reasons, but at some Did you point, say a Advil or eight? Eight. The number yeah, eight, okay. right? Because like, you you're just like, it hurts so bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I have these. Why aren't they doing anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and my friend Johnny said, he's like, I've never seen you so so angry. <laughs> and it's not like you're <laughs> outwardly angry, but you're just like, no one's coming to get me. No one. Yeah. Like, and and if they are, it's gonna be eighteen hours from now. It's not gonna be in twenty minutes, like I wish, right? So it's like just keep walking, just keep walking, don't stop walking. Yeah. Because yeah. if you stop, yeah. you exactly. start to cool off. Your, everything, all the joints start to lock and you're not going anywhere. So don't yeah. stop. Yes. I, I just remember getting to the end and sitting on a bench waiting for the very last shuttle because it was after dark. It had been all day long. And I was just like, I cannot walk yeah. anymore. Yeah, totally. And I still had to go back all the way up to the East Rim and get my car, right? <laughs> <laughs> not Hopefully not walk. Yeah. So there, no. So, you know, get somebody else to drive you up there get the car exactly 
but uh, I, I did. We did go to eat after we got the car, and it was like eleven o'clock at night. There was one place open, and it's like beers and barbecued ribs. And my friend John has this photo of me, and I look so unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And would I go do it again? Heck yeah, I would. I would go do it again. I mean, I I have seen many a picture from the slot canyons in Zion and it looks absolutely gorgeous. Now you've put a little bit of fear of God in me that I not sure I want to. Well, there's that famous movie. What is it? 127 hours or something like that. I can't remember, but you know, the guy basically uses a Swiss army knife to cut his arm off because he's stuck. He Mm -hmm. like got it lodged in and it it is like, this was the Canyon. Like it's really close to the Canyon. I think that Canyon was called mystery Canyon, which is very close to the one that we were in, but it's, it's in Zion. I mean, it's, and there are da- real dangers. Um, yeah. Obviously, you don't go do this stuff alone, right? But, but um, you, th- that topic comes up as you're suffering. <laughs> so, so, so it's interesting though, and you may know about this podcast, or you may not. But so, I was reading an article um, in Backpacker, and because yes, I've I've bitten the apple and and now i'm interested in you know learning all i can and doing you know as much as i can and so i was reading this article and they said oh you could read you know you can hear more about this in firsthand accounts on our podcast and i'm like ooh, you know me i love podcasts you know i kind of <laughs> like to do them every once in a great Turns while out, yeah and and so i was like i gotta check this out and so the podcast is called out alive <laughs> So you can imagine what the story is. This are. is like the book they publish every year on mountaineering and climbing accidents, right? Like, it's yes. just like, I'm going to read about all the things that can go wrong. But it's interesting because it's all firsthand yeah. experiences of surviving some pretty, you know, you know, some pretty harrowing adventures that they had. It's like a master class in survival. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so the, 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 the one that I was listening to last night on my hike was about a, you know, it was a, it was a teenager who, you know, this, this group of friends basically, you know, I'm, I'm assuming probably Boy Scouts, you know, had just been, you know, progressively as they got older, you know, doing harder and harder hikes and canoe trips and things like that. And so they went to the Northwest Territories of Canada, you know, basically way in the middle of nowhere where it's all just you know glaciers and and stuff like that to do a 41 day uh uh uh, canoe trip 41 days geez 41 days it's like they're exploring the amazon or something and they're 17 years old with a guide and the guide is probably you know it sounded like he was in his 20s at the time and what could go wrong what could go wrong and, and so the the episode is called um, the 29th day, which marked the day that he was attacked by a grizzly bear. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and the guide, you know, the, no, the the kid, the oh, seventeen okay. year old kid. Okay. And and so you know, it was the guide who actually you know helped save his life after he played dead after almost being dead, hiking back to the you know basically you know on a hiked back and then had to do like a 200 foot descent after being bitten by a bear. Yeah. Shredded by a bear and everything else. And 
then climb down to his camp. And of course, you know, he's coming up and he's yelling that he was attacked by a bear. And none of the none of the kids believed him. Yeah, right. Until they saw like these big, you know, bite marks in his thigh and oh, all of this God. other stuff. And, you know, to to like kind of piggyback on your story, no one was coming to get him. Yep. And exactly. They had to. No one even so knew where they, he was. And they basically had to. Well, they had a satellite phone that they used, you know, at the time they were just too far away to like it was actually useful. And so when they, you know, they tried to keep going, you know, with all of this until it got to the point where antibiotics that they had weren't working because he clearly had rabies. Um, and, uh, and so they had to like medevac him out of there and it was, um, it was, it was pretty insane stuff, but I'm, so I'm like listening to this on, on my hike. And of course, you know, here I am and just like, you know, essentially, uh, in a the park woods by yourself yeah, in the woods by myself. But, you know, and all I hear is like, you know, and you were, you, again, you've, you were, you've been on this hike with me, you know, that there's like deer and stuff running around yeah. in there. You hear something. And, yeah, and I, I hear this deer walk by. I'm like, you know, spin around real fast, bear. Yeah, of course. Like, of course, it's not going to be bear, but you know, in my head, right, no, it's, it's a werewolf. Time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And it, it'll be a kindred spirit for me then. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was a. Uh, but you really should check. I mean, anybody who's listening should really check that one out. It is, it's really interesting. I mean, there's listen to another one about an you know them people basically being stuck in an avalanche underneath the snow for you know they they like give these time limits of like if you can get to somebody who's completely buried in a snowpack in 25 minutes there's a x amount percentage chance of survival and then obviously it goes down every five minutes from there mm-hmm. you know and they're like underneath this thing for 35 minutes mm-hmm. and in there in the back country nightmare and you know and, i mean I hate to say this, this, that is honestly the one and only reason why I will ever, never ski. I know everybody's, you know, you know, plenty of people who are listening has probably skied before. Not me. (laughs) That's one thing that, I mean, that's just one thing that I I just have this. My brother and I have have created a small avalanche uh, once. It was freaky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, were you in that avalanche? Yeah, yeah, we were kind of snowboarding in it. Well, see, it was very small. Yeah. I, I don't want to make it anything more than it was. It wasn't huge at all. But yeah, I mean, they go like real avalanches go like two hundred miles an hour. You can you will never outrun them. Yeah, well, they they you know they were and they were talking about well you know with all of the training and stuff that we've had you know and they talk about you know you're supposed to swim with it. They're like, yeah, all of that's out the door when you're actually stuck in one. Oh yeah, if you've got gear on and. Yeah. yeah. Your feet are and, locked into a snowboard or skis or whatever. Yeah. Forget about yeah, it. Yeah. There's no just, swimming. You know, and, and then <laughs> it, and it's amazing because like the anxiety that I was like feeling just listening to their story was just like. That's uh, a good yeah, story, man. Dude. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Was, well, we'll put links to that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. It's definitely something that uh, you should like check out. Because we all need an escape now and then. Yeah. Like this episode. <laughs> escape reality (laughs) you know that's the you know i mean after long hard weeks you know or long hard days i mean i'm sure everybody months you know tries exactly or months um everybody tries to you know figure out a way to kind of detach a little while and you know my more recent uh, way mode of detaching and just kind of like 
I don't know, I guess regaining consciousness, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. is has been hiking and, you know, and I know yours has is, is definitely been, you know, biking and, and stuff like that. And, um, and thanks for coming out and, you know, like, so. Oh, yeah. Thanks for showing me your trail. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Great Falls is a, is a cool spot in that, that whole like CNO area that is super cool. We yeah. got to, we got to see a bunch of it here and there, like pieces of it as we kind of traversed uh, you know, Maryland and Pennsylvania and West yeah, Virginia. Yeah. And, um, that was, it's super cool. It's so amazing to be like in three or four States in a very short period of time <laughs> where I'm in, I'm in California and like even to get out of California is quite a trek. So, so if, if like, say, you know, how long does it take to get from your house to like your normal biking spot? Probably 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So, so think about what, however long it takes you to get to like say an hour. Yeah. Uh, like that's, that's me to the beach basically. Yeah. So you to the beach. Um, I can be, I can drive, you know, obviously from Maryland. So I'm, I live, you know, right off of the DC border. So I could be in, you know, Virginia, DC and Maryland basically do a loop in 15 minutes. Not a big deal. That's crazy. Um, so that to me, it's, it's like, you know, you know, going from state to district to state is, is not that, you know, thing, but, and it's green and, and there's water. And it's green. Yeah. I don't um, have yeah. any of that. <laughs> what, what's, you know, I don't know if it, you know, I don't know if it ever like amazes you, um, you know, like being in the DC Metro area, how green it really is. Oh, how it's incredible. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's Pacific Northwest. Green. Like, I mean, it's not yeah. the same kind of green because it's all pretty much deciduous on your side, but oh, yeah. Pacific yeah. Northwest is like that and it's all evergreen. It's, it's, it's different, but similar. Yeah. It's just there. The density is what's so similar. It's just solid green. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will awesome. say this, speaking of density, um, you were, you were commenting about the humidity, you know, uh, when you were here, mm-hmm. which and, was, wasn't uh, bad, but it, but it was noticeable coming bad. from where I come from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yesterday, um, it was, I, I sent a, a screenshot of, it was 90 degrees and it felt like 104. Mm-hmm. And yes, for some reason, I did not pay attention to any of that when I started off on my trek. <laughs> but halfway through, my lungs started feeling heavy. Everything just started feeling heavy. And I'm just like, what the hell am I doing out here? Like, <laughs> I should just like walk back. And I'm like, eh, I'll just do another I loop. sent you a text message the other day. It showed it at 108 degrees, right? Yeah. That was on the way out to Palm Springs. Well, I didn't send you the other one, but it was 122. Mm-mm. 122 in Palm Springs. So I I was talking to a client who is overseas and they were they sent me uh well, actually they didn't send it to me. They were sharing when they started to share their screen, um it had they you know before it like clicked onto what they were sharing it showed uh, their desktop that had a little weather app on it, mm-hmm. and it was 51 degrees. Whoa. Celsius. Oh. <laughs> wow. That's insane. Yeah. I'm going to let everybody do the math on that. Yeah, one. you're going to have to look that one is. up. Jeez. 51 degrees Celsius. That's like, incredible. Mm-mm. Wow. No, no, man. I, I, I have been in that 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 very weather you've lived it yeah. to, to where they vet they were at and you know to one up them <laughs> not that that's a thing right now but i did it in full 
BDU uniform or military yeah. uniforms with the chemical, you know, gear over the top of all of that. Oh. So I was in layers in 51 degree temperature and they're trying their damnedest to avoid even contact with the outdoors. Yeah, right. You don't go outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was just, it was, uh, it was pretty amazing that, you know, 51 degrees, I was reminded like, oh yeah, now I know why I was literally a skeleton when I came back from Desert Storm. <laughs> you melted it all off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, next time, let's talk about falling water. Yes. Yes. All right. Your your trip. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I'll see you then. Oh, all right, man. Talk to you later.